Okay, so it's such a pleasure to be with you all and um, so nice to see some people I have met before and lots of faces I don't know, so um, so good to meet you. Um, I, I just wanted to kick off with a very irrelevant story about my time away that's very unspiritual and um, uh, I didn't tell the story to many of my team because I felt quite a lot of shame about it, so feel privileged that I'm sharing with you this evening. <laughs> okay, so we were, I was on outreach in South Africa and we had to drive, I, um, one of our team, her visa had, had needed renewing, so we needed to drive to Johannesburg to get her visa renewed. I was one of the designated drivers, so me and two, two girls drove up to Johannesburg. All successful, the trip was fine. We were on our way back, um, driving along this, this road. Now, in South Africa, there's kind of this interesting mix of kind of, it feels very laissez-faire, quite relaxed, you know, easygoing, but then also quite strict at the same time. So I'm on my way back, driving along the road, and there's a strip along this quite big road where the, the speed limit changes quite a lot. It goes from, you know, um, it was in kilometers per hour, but you know, you know, like 70 kind of miles per hour equivalent to, you know, a more like 50 or something, 40. Quite short and quite short distance. Anyway, so I'm just driving along, slightly distracted, talking, having some deep conversation with the person next to me, and um, I get pulled over by the police, and <laughs> they wave me over, and I'm like, oh dear, what's happening here? So they, they, they say, oh, do you know why we stopped you? I was like, oh, was I going too fast? They're like, yes, you were going about 90-something some, 90 kilometers an hour in an 80 zone. I was like, oh dear. Sort of stuck in South Africa, not sure what's going to happen next. So he said, can I see your license? I was like, yep, yeah, sure, here you go, here's my license. He's like, hmm, this, this, is a, this is a British license. I was like, yes, I know. He's like, you're in South Africa. I was like, yes, I know. He's <laughs> um, like, well, do you know when you drive in South Africa, you need to have this extra document to like enable you to drive in I don't have that. Ooh. So I was like, oh gosh, what's going on with you? It's like, um, so usually what happens is like you, you were speeding, so there's a fine involved. I was like, oh right, yeah, okay. And um, but because you don't have this document, I, you know, what we usually do is we take you to the take you to the police station, and then if you can't pay, then you'll be locked up in jail. I was like, right, okay. <laughs> so I was sitting like, okay, um, so what happens? What happens now? Okay, I'll do it. We'll just take take us to the police station. I was like, oh no, what's gonna happen? Anyway, praying inside my head, and he was like, you know, and the 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 people we were with, they hadn't told us about this extra document. So he was like, okay, it's okay. This is your first time. You didn't know. We're just gonna let you off. Oh my goodness. But anyway, my heart was. <laughs> I was just having visions of just being locked up in a South African jail. But um, fortunately. They, they, let, they let us off. So anyway, that was you know, a classic kind of outreach story of South Africa for you. So anyway, the shame is sort of, you know, I'm sharing with you. But anyway. <laughs> um, so we're in a series, starting a series, or you are starting a series in Acts. And actually I have been reading, I was reading Acts when Rich asked me to speak um, this, this series, which is really good. And I have been loving it. It's a, it's, a, it's a gripping story. It's full of boldness. It's full of salvation and the spread of the gospel. It's fast-paced, and um, it's just really exciting. And if you if you haven't like read the whole of Acts like in a 
and ago. I'd really recommend it because it's such a great story. So it's, we start off in the beginning of Acts, and um, there's one verse in the beginning of Acts, which is chapter 1, verse 8, which says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now this verse kind of acts as a bit of like um, a summary of the whole book. So it starts off, the story of Acts starts off with um, the ascension of Jesus into heaven. And this is what he says to the disciples. He says, you will receive power. So one of the first parts of, of Acts is Pentecost, which is the coming of the Holy Spirit and the disciples receiving power. And this word power is dunamis. It's, you know, where we get words like dynamite, dynamic, dynamo. This power does something. There's an outcome, there's a big effect. And the story, the story the disciples carry is not just a story, but a story that has a real effect. And the other word that highlights us in this passage is the word witness. And to be a witness, um, you need to have uh, seen or heard what you're witnessing about and also speak about what you've seen. So there's two things, to see it and also speak about it. And actually this word in, in the Greek was um, from the word, it's called martus, which is where we get the word martyr. So it's not saying that every witness will die for their faith, but there is a faithfulness to the message of being a witness even to the point of death, which we see in the story of Acts. And then, in this, in this little summary verse, you see that there will be witnesses from, to Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the, ends of the earth. And you can see this is a bit, this sort of is like a, cha- um, like an inter- um, like a contents page to the book of Acts. You've got, from about chapters 1 to 7, you see that the, the, the spread of the gospel in Jerusalem. And you see from about uh, chapters t- uh, 7 to 12-ish, you see um, the spread of the gospel in Judea and Samaria, so mainly Jews. And then you see from verse, uh, chap- about, about chapters 13 to the end, you see um, the spread of the gospel to the ends of, ends of the earth, to the ends of the earth as they knew it, to the, to the gentle world, to the Greeks and to the Romans. So this series is... Um, it's a great, great, uh, I love the, the W's you've got going on here. Wonders, waiting, worship, a witness. And um, today I'm going to be focusing on wonders, um, aka the signs and wonders we see in Acts. So when I was preparing, I, what I decided to do is just have a look through the whole of the book of Acts and um, just look at all the, one, all the signs and wonders that we came across. So I'm going to share that with you. I'm going to give you a whistle-stop tour of all the signs and wonders that we see in the book of Acts. So hold on to your seats or whatever else you want to hold on to, and we're going to go for that. Okay, so first of all, we see in, um, in chapter 2, verse 4, we see Pentecost. We see the Holy Spirit falling and the disciples speaking in different languages. We see bold speech. Um, going on into 2 verse 43, we see this, this the, the verse says, Everyone was filled with, with wonder at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. So there were many signs and wonders. We don't know what 
what they were, but there were many. In chapter 3, we go on to see Peter and John and the healing of a lame, uh, lame beggar who was lame since birth. Um, and they're, they're, this, this, this wonder is, is followed by just awe and amazement. And the question that people ask is like, whose power is this? And following, following this, um, there is a time of persecution and the, the disciples come together and they pray. Enable your servants to speak boldly and stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. So they are praying for signs and wonders to be shown in, the, in Jerusalem. And after that prayer, it says the place where they were meeting was shaken. So I think the physical building where they were was, was actually shaking. So still in Jerusalem, still in Jerusalem at this point, next we see that the, um, the apostles performed, it says, many, many signs and wonders amongst the people. And it talks about Peter, and it says that people were clamoring to, to bring people into his shadow because um, people were being healed. So even just the shadow of Peter was healing people. I just can't fathom what that would have been like. The, like the power of that, just touching Peter's shadow was healing people. Um, all, all were healed, it says, and it was uh, said, including demons were cast out. Then we have this, um, this character, Stephen, and um, it says that he was a man full of grace and power, and he performed many signs and wonders. And this guy, Stephen, wasn't one of the twelve apostles, he was uh, one of the followers of Jesus. So this is the, even even a man who wasn't one of the 12 was operating in many many signs and wonders. But at this point, there was opposition. And what happened is, um, yeah, there was persecution. Stephen was, um, was, was persecuted and martyred and but he had this amazing vision where he where his face looked like the face of an angel and he was full of the Holy Spirit and he saw he saw into heaven. So at that point there is persecution, the church gets scattered out of Jerusalem. So we move from the point of where um, the gospel is spreading in Jerusalem into the time when it is spreading into Judea and Samaria. So then we, we have we come to Philip. And he, see, he's also a man who acts in many signs and wonders. He casts out many impure, impure spirits. And the healing, the healing that is seen there produces joy. Then Philip, this is one, also one of my top, top ones, I think, is like Philip experiences an angel giving him direction. And he gets sent to um, the Ethiopian eunuch. And... Um, at, uh, he meets this guy, explains to him at the end of that story, it says the spirit takes him, suddenly takes him away. So he is probably just translated, moved from one place to another in the spirit, just like that. It's like, whoa, incredible. Then we have uh, the story of Saul's conversion. Now that is an incredible story as well. He meets Jesus on the road to Damascus and he, he is blind. And then this other guy, um, Ananias, Ananias um, meets him and he gets healed with like, where it says that like, scales fell from his eyes. So, so Paul has had this dramatic conversion experience. And then we see Peter, he, ra- he, um, he heals a man paralyzed for eight years. And then he also raises a lady from the dead called Dorcas. And she was a believer. She was part of the people following Jesus. So, yeah, casual. Um, we see the story of Cornelius. 
So this is one of the first Gentiles to be filled with the Spirit. Um, he gets an angelic visitation and Peter comes to him and um, Cornelius and his family get filled with the Holy Spirit. So then we move from Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth, where we, we focus on um, Paul. So we see stories of Paul and Barnabas speaking boldly and the Spirit enabling them to perform many signs and wonders. We see a healing of a man lame from birth. We see a deliverance of a slave girl who has a spirit, an evil spirit within her. We see, a jail, we see jail breaks. We see um, an earthquake. Paul and Barnabas are in prison and an earthquake just breaks open the jail and they're, they're free. We also see this one where Paul is the, the power of the Holy Spirit within him is so strong that people are bringing handkerchiefs and they say aprons to just come and touch him and taking them away because when, when a, an ill person touches the handkerchief, they're healed. And then we come to this one, which is also one of my favourite stories. Um, Paul is, is preaching um, to a group of people. There's a young man who's sitting in a high up window and he falls asleep while Paul is preaching and falls out of the window and dies. And then Paul raises him from the dead. It's like, whoa, that's crazy. And then to finish off the story of Acts, we see this another amazing journey where Paul is shipwrecked and he ends up on Malta and he is bitten by a snake and that snake does not kill him. So that is just an overview of all the kind of signs and wonders that we see in the book of Acts. Um, there, are, there's a, there are healings both to believers and non-believers, both to Jews and to Greeks, to Gentiles, to rich and poor, slave and free, like there are heal, you know, so many people are healed. There are deliverances, people are raised from the dead, there are jail breaks, and there's power to speak boldly in their own language and in other languages, and there are also angelic visitations. So, um, as I was looking over this, the story of signs and wonders and acts, there were, there were a few things that really stuck out to me. So if I, was asked, if I was to ask you a question, who do you think the main character in the book of Acts was? What would you say? There might be a few names that come to mind, and potentially Paul might be one of them, and that wouldn't be a, that would be a good guess. Peter might be another one, but as I heard Naomi whisper from the front row. <laughs> I think the main character in the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus probably would be the right answer too, because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. So all of these signs and wonders, they're all about the Holy Spirit. They, they are all enabled because the, 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 the characters in the book of Acts are all empowered by the Holy Spirit. They are led and compelled by the Spirit, and that is true for us as well. Um, without the Holy Spirit, we are powerless. Like that dunamis power that it mentions in um, verse, chapter 1, verse 8. It's that, that is the power for the signs and wonders. And also throughout the story of Acts, we can see that um, 
there is a real love and value for the being filled by the Holy Spirit. So in the story of Cornelius, which is in Acts 10, um, this is one of the, the first Peter is called to the, to the Gentiles by a vision saying, go and go to the Gentiles. And what the result is that these, these people are filled with the Holy Spirit. And then later on, the, the apostles are having discussions like, is, is, the, you know, is the gospel for the Gentiles? Are we, are we okay to invite them into the, this community? And the fact that the Holy Spirit fell and filled the Gentiles was one of the deciding, the marker points where like, yes, God, this is like um, authentic, authentic uh, sorry. <laughs> it's determining that God is in this. The fact that the Holy Spirit fell on those people and filled them was, was one of the main points where they're like, yes, the Gentiles are part of the body of Christ, part of the church. It was a sign of God's approval. So all, all believers can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we look in the, in the Gospels, Jesus is our model. He is our model as of a human perfectly filled and following the Holy Spirit. And I really believe that Jesus acted in everything that he did on earth, not in any sort of special way because he was God, but because he was, he was fully human, fully empowered by the Holy Spirit. So that means that Jesus is our model for what a life looks like, fully empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I think that living and acting in the power of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. It's for everyone in this room. But I think there are, there are people, and we do see that, will operate more strongly in some gifts than others. And we will all have, God wants to give um, gifts of the Holy Spirit to each one of us. And um, it's, a, it's a wonderful journey about learning and growing and knowing what, what are the gifts he has given us and how can we steward and act, act in them. And the other thing about the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that they are gifts. They are not works. Um, they are things that are given to us. And the power is all from the Holy Spirit. So this takes out any striving from us. We cannot, there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we can, no action by ourselves which is going to heal someone or do any other kind of wonder. But it is all through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you, there's, there's not time to go into specific gifts this evening, but a great one to kind of look into and to step out in this if you're kind of new to this is, is praying for people for healing. And I listened to a great talk um, on, uh, by a, a guy who was speaking at John Tyson's church in Church of the City, New York. Um, it's a series called Doing the Jesus Stuff, and it's a talk on healing. So if that's something that you want to step into and grow in, I'd really recommend taking a listen to that. And um, the other thing that stuck out to me was that um, the, the early believers were following the Spirit, not the wonders. The apostles, they weren't chasing the wonders. They did pray, they did ask God to, to pour out his spirit and to show wonders on the, on the earth, but they weren't following them. Um, we can see that they were following the Holy Spirit. They were, it talks a lot about um, the believers saying, oh, compelled by the spirit, I went to this, this place, or led by the spirit, I went to meet, talk to that person. 
So the key, the key to this was just is the is, is obedience, listening to the Holy Spirit, dependent on the Holy Spirit, and and following and stepping out in obedience. And when we, as believers, take those steps where we listen to the Holy Spirit, where we take steps of obedience to follow Him, all the gifts, the wonders, whatever it is that we need for God to show up in power will, will follow us. They will, God's not going to let us down as we step out and um, follow Him. So as believers, we follow the Holy Spirit wonders follow us and what follows wonders is that people believe so we see in acts people believed in god because of the wonders they were filled with amazement they were filled with wonder they were filled with joy and we also see that there was also persecution that followed so this is as we as we follow the spirit god gives us the power and the gifts that we need to display his glory on earth and that, uh, the fruit of that is that people, people do believe. But, you know, there is the fact that we're out, we are in a battle and there can, there can be, you know, people that aren't amazed and believe and, and question that. So actually, one of the big questions that I did have um, reading through, the, 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 through Acts and looking at the wonders was, why, do we, why don't we see... Um, the sort of the volume and the am- amazingness of the stories in 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 Acts today. I was like, there feels like there's a there's a gap for me on what I'm reading about and my experience in my everyday life. And really, I don't have I don't have an answer to that. But it's a question that I want to um, like linger and stir up hunger and that question to like. Give that, give that space to that question. So I think that I have, I have seen, seen wonders in my life, and there's a few stories I wanted to share with you today that are probably some of the top, top stories that I've seen personally in my life. So some, I probably none of, no, none of you will remember. There was a lady who was part of EMC. Um, she came through the, the ministry Christians Against Poverty, and. Um, she had just recently become blind when she came to ENC. So I had met her, she, so she had never seen, seen me, and I'd met her, her name was Anne. And she was with us for um, several years, so like maybe three, three years or so at this, at this point. And uh, Liz Camp, who hopefully some of you know, who runs CAP, she was, one year we were going to um, New Wine as a church, and she was determined that Anne needed to come to this, this, this year to New Wine. So she tried really hard to get a caravan for her and all of this kind of stuff. All came through and Anne was at New Wine. And Robbie Dawkins, who some of you might have heard of, was doing a seminar on healing. She was like, yeah, take Anne to, to this seminar. And during this time, we'd prayed for her many times before as a church. But at this time, Anne was in the seminar and Liz, Liz was praying for her praying for healing of her eyes, and Anne started to see. She, first of all, started to see, she, she started to see sort of figures moving around like trees. You know, you hear that story in the gospel where the blind man's like, I see people moving around, they look like trees. She, first of all, she saw that, and then they prayed again, and she could see clearly. Now, the most amazing moment that I, 
I just remember so clearly. I wasn't at that moment, but as she came back to our campsite after that, this was the first time she had never seen any of her church family before. She didn't know what they would look like. And on this moment, I will never, ever forget when I just go up to her and I'm like, Anne, it's me, it's Rosie. She's like, whoa, that's what you look like. I was like, I will never forget that moment of like a person that you knew was blind and now they can see and they're just seeing you for the first time. And just like, she hears your voice like, oh, it's Rosie, oh my goodness. And that, I like, I don't think I have seen anything that had that a moment as incredible as that, knowing that God can heal, he can heal eyes and he can do it today. Another story that I've seen was John Soper. We had, um, we had some healing on the streets training. This was many years ago and he was called up to be an example healing and he was sitting down and um, this guy, he's called Mark Marks, he, um, he's now in with Alan Scott's church. But he has basically a 100% record of healing, um, of leg growing miracles. So I, he was, John was called up, he was sitting down and um, he just prayed for, the, for one, of, uh, one of John's legs to grow. And his leg grew and you could just see at the moment where John, John, I just like, he just, burnt, he was just crying. <laughs> and at that moment, just seeing the effect of John, his leg growing was like, whoa. And that, you know, I think when John cries, it does something to me and I was in tears as well. <laughs> um, so one of my stories from uh, Outreach in South Africa is a story of deliverance. We were in a, a rural village in South Africa and um, in this village there's a lot of kind of uh, spiritual warfare in terms of things like witchcraft and ancestral worship. So as a, as a team, we, we would get people who brought to us who had um, demonic oppression. So there's this one, one girl who was suffering with many things, and we were started to pray for her. And then she experienced a manifestation of a, of a, a demon, and she was like writhing on the floor, a bit like a snake. And I was like, whoa, that's like the first time I've kind of seen that kind of full demonic manifestation but we prayed and prayed and we prayed for quite a while and different members of the team prayed but at the end of the evening she was free from that uh, demonic spirit so that was that was an awesome experience um, to see and one of the other really cool stories also nothing particularly to do with me but there was a, a friend of, of mine also at a new wine conference he was a guy who'd had knee surgery and he had metal plates put in his knee. And one, one year at New Wine, I think it was um, Alan Scott who was praying, but he basically experienced healing and the metal was taken out of his leg. And he's had x-rays and stuff to, um, to kind of confirm that, that once he had metal in his leg and now it's no longer there. So I believe that signs and wonders, they do happen today. They didn't die out with the Bible, um, and they are for today. Um, but along with all of those cool stories, that's just like a handful. There are many places I haven't seen wonders as well. And there's lots of times, I, I don't think I'm particularly got the gift of healing, so there's lots, lots of times I've prayed for healing that I have seen nothing happen. And also, I live with a dad with a debilitating chronic illness like there's 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 places in my life where i know that there's there's, dis there's disappointment i i don't see signs of wonders breaking out so 
hold, holding these things, holding the, the stories we see in, in Acts, holding the, the, the stories we do see of where God breaks through and also the places where we're like, where are you? What are you, what are you doing? Where are, the, where are these mighty works of power that we want to see? And reality, I do think there is um, more wonders perhaps uh, in other parts of the world rather than in the kind of slightly secular kind of the UK, UK places. And there's a few other stories I wanted to just share from other places and also some part, parts of um, history in the, in the UK as well. So in, in Mozambique, you might have heard of Heidi Baker. She sees incredible miracles. There's a, this, this a little quote I have here. It says, in recent years, this was in 2012, she said, 100% of the death in this certain area of Mozambique have been healed through prayer. Not only that, she claims, scores have, many people have been raised from the dead, food has been multiplied, the crippled and the blind have been restored, and the gospel has spread like fire. So there are, she is seeing people raised, raised from the dead in Mozambique. That is incredible. And also, I just wanted to share this story from, this is um, from a book which I I read um, a couple of years ago. It's called Revival in the Hebrides. Now, it's a very edgy book, really kind of hip cover length. But um, this was back in um, 1949. And it's an amazing story. It's this island at the top of Scotland, like this tiny community. And you've got these two old women who are just, well, I think one is blind, one is deaf. They just, they feel the urge to pray. So they gather in their little cottage and they start to pray, like, God, we want to see your, you break out on the earth. And they gather some other people to pray and there's, they, they start this prayer meeting and they just meet in like um, the home of a blacksmith and they start to pray. And um, the prayer just says, Oh God, you've made a promise to pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon this dry ground. And Lord, and God, it's not happening, he prays. He said, Lord, I do not know how um, these men stand with you, but if I know my own heart, I know that I am thirsty. You have promised to pour water on him who is thirsty. Your honour is at stake. You are a covenant-keeping God. Fulfill your covenant engagement. And just when he prayed that, what happened is that the in an instant, the granite house shook like a leaf. So it's like that story we see in Acts that the physical building is shaking and power was unleashed in the whole parish. And you hear stories of just people being stopped in their working in the fields and they're just overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit and they have to fall to their knees. Or people who are at a party and being like, I need to go to church, I just need it. And there are stories like that. And I don't know about you, but I want to see that again. I want to see it in my time. So these questions, and I don't want to create a theology from what I don't see. So I, as I come looking through this, looking through wonders, I want to let this question stir hunger in me, stir prayer in me, stir action, and not lean into disillusionment or disappointment. So how do we respond to um, 
looking at wonders and acts. So first of all, let the questions that you have about this stir up hunger. Let it build, like notice what it does to you. What, 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 is, what is stirring in you as you read the signs and wonders and acts? Is it more questions that you have? Is it a real desire to see this? What is that? Just let that stir something in you. Perhaps you might want to learn more. You might want to learn more about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, about healing, about prophecy. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Would you say that you've experienced that? If you haven't, ask someone to pray for you to do that because it is, it's, all of this stuff is through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit wants to fill you up with power. And perhaps God might be calling you to just to lean into that sense of obedience to the Holy Spirit. So this week, maybe you're just like listening out to follow the nudges of the Holy Spirit. What is he doing? What is he saying to you? Just listen and listen and obey and see what happens.